anytime you get a ACC win, that's a big deal for Boston College. But when you beat Virginia Tech twice, that's pretty sweet. When you beat Virginia Tech five times in a row, heck, that can make a big smile going on a lot of fans' faces across BC Nation. We're going to look at this game and a budding star that just showed up for Boston College. We'll get into who that was on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So Boston College heads down to Blacksburg and against the 14-9 and Virginia Tech, a team that was ranked earlier this year that Boston College also beat. BC goes out there and they beat them again. And this BC team, I'm telling you, there's something about them that is maddening, but also enjoyable. And this game had, from a macro level, some maddening things, and also in the micro level had some maddening things. So let's let's look at what happened uh, big game-wise, right? BC falls behind early. Uh, Virginia Tech starts out, they're playing well. And what does BC do? And I have to I have to shoot myself in the foot here for, for making the wrong um, key of the game. They start launching up three-pointers. And whenever BC starts launching up three-pointers, we saw it against Syracuse. That's usually a bad thing. Bad things usually happen to Boston College when they start shooting three-pointers because they're the one of the worst teams in Power 5. I think they're the worst team in the ACC in shooting three-pointers. Three but they're hitting them all over the place. And they start to build a lead. They're up by 10 points at halftime. And I mean, at this point, I sound like a broken record, but who's who's leading this charge? It's the big man from the Netherlands, seven footer Quinton Post, who they showed a really cool graphic about him. Uh, he is ninth in the country and three points made. Now, remind you, he hasn't played half the season. He would, I, I would imagine, almost be universally number one if he played at all in 2020, uh, 2023 for, for all those early games. um, So he's hitting big shots, but there was another incident that happened in this game that caused another player to step in and really uh, open up some eyes. And that was an injury to Jaden Zachary who hurt his leg uh, and he missed most of the game. I think he had two assists in this game and that was about it. Now, you already were playing without DeMar Langford, who was day-to-day going into this game. And your 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 guard uh, level, your guard depth chart is down to Makai Ashton Langford, Mason Madsen, and Chaz Kelly. Chaz Kelly, who, not a, not a knock on the kid, looks like he's about 16 years old. Has He averages, what, two point, I thought I saw before the game, 2.6 points per game heading into this. He has not shot well at all from three-point range. I think he was shooting 20% from three-point range. The kid goes out there and has an absolute masterclass 
in showing what he can do. I mean, all this talk this year has been about Prince Oligby and what we missed in Donald Hand, but everyone forgot about Chaz Kelly. This kid went out there and he had the stones to just every time Virginia Tech started to, to get their way back into this game, boom, Chaz Kelly three-pointer, boom, Chaz Kelly big shot. Every time this kid hit big shots, and even down the stretch, and we'll get into this in the second half of this episode, who was it that hit the free throws that put this game on ice? Chaz Kelly. This kid earned his ability, his his opportunity to play. This, you know, Earl Grant has talked about shrinking his rotation. Chaz Kelly needs to get out there. And I'm not going to bash on Mason Madsen, but because I think it should be his minutes he's taking. But Kelly showed today what he can do. He is the, he's a future. I don't want to say star yet because this is just one game, but you saw glimpses of, I saw someone comparing uh, Chaz Kelly to Reggie Jackson against Duke. Remember Reggie Jackson was like, you know, a bench player for a while. He didn't do a whole lot. He had that massive game against Duke. And then all of a sudden he was a star. I'm not going to say Chaz Kelly is that, but what we saw out of him today was a kid that looked a lot more confident than I've seen him all year and looked ready to earn minutes in Earl Grant's offense. That's exciting because you get this kid for three more years. Let's start getting him minutes. Let's get him out there and, and, and start to get more comfortable with this team because he is so valuable. You're losing Makai Ashton Langford after this season. And we don't know what's happening with DeMar Langford. He entered the NFL, uh, the NBA draft last year. Who knows if he stays, if he enters the transfer portal, Chaz Kelly has to have a big role in 2023, 2024, get him ready. Now, let him build up his confidence. Let him continue to develop in Earl Grant's scheme so that he can get out there and, 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 and become that next guard that you need i mean bc uh, makai ashton langford is a solid player i love watching him play because he plays with at like 90 miles an hour all the time um but i saw something out of kelly that we don't see out of makai all that time all that much which is range i mean Chaz kelly had i think four or five three pointers four four three pointers in this game that that's that's exciting because anytime that Earl Grant could find someone who could shoot threes, I, I'm assuming we thought it was going to be Donald Hand or DJ Hand. That's exciting. You need that in your offense, and that's what he did. So he played the perfect second r- fiddle to to Quentin Post because Quentin Post. I mean, you could say whatever you want about what he did against Syracuse. And I know it was a little tough on him on the, re- on the reaction. I mean, the preview for this game. And I, I kind of redacted what I said. I, I said, he got exposed by Jesse Edwards. I mean, he, it, Jesse Edwards is good. Let's just leave it at that. But I, I mean, Quinton post hits shots all over the place and he, he did it again. Like this kid, I, I, I just got to hope that Quentin post comes back now in our second segment, we're going to look at just the whole scope of this game and how BC, took over this game and almost blew it at the end in a game in a end of a game that was just totally Boston college. And it, I mean, it, it went from 14 points to holding, you know, stomach aches and, and lots of anxiety. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before I do that, 
I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is our place to go when you want to get your sports books because they are the official bet- sports betting partner for Locked On. They're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Now, download FanDuel now. You can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And, you know, I, I cannot wait. Super Bowl weekend is the time to get some bets in. And I, I love doing the prop bets. They have them all on FanDuel. Check out FanDuel. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get your paid, your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. I got a favor to ask you. If you're listening to this, you like BC talk, you like getting your BC news, hit that subscribe button right now on YouTube. And if you're listening on a podcast, go to YouTube and find Locked On BC. Hit the subscribe button. We're trying to get to 750 subscribers here on our channel. We're getting closer every day. I want you to be part of it because we're we're building up a BC army here uh, to talk BC sports and give the coverage that all of you want from your program. I'm going to be that for you, and I put my work, I put my heart and soul into this every single day. I'm the only Boston College podcast that does this every day. I, I mean, there's other Boston College podcasts, and they do a great job, but I, I, I have an illness here where I can't stop talking about BC, and I love to have you all here too. All right, so this game was, as I said, a microcosm of Boston College basketball all in one game because BC – up, you know, if you're watching a BC game, there's never a point where you feel confident they're going to win. They were up by 15 points with like six minutes left, and I said, I don't know if they're going to win this. They, they, this team has a potential. They make everything interesting, and that's exactly what happened. It we're down to like a minute and 30 seconds, and they were up by 10, and I still felt that way. And the game just got it. It, it drew on and got on and. You know, credit to Virginia Tech. They didn't give up. And they were like in this until the very end. I mean, they kept hitting three pointers. They were causing, they caused a BC turnover. They, we had a missed uh, front end of a one and one by Quentin Post, who then fouled out. Um, and then Mike Young, to his credit for Virginia Tech, just slowed this game to a crawl so that it was just free throws and then quick shots. And, B- and Virginia Tech was like in this. And it was it was maddening to watch because it just felt like this was a easy BC win that was almost pissed away. Um, and you know, as I said, in the end, it was some free throws by Chaz Kelly and a magnificent pass by Makai Ashton Langford on an inbound uh, that pr- protected this because Virginia Tech was, I mean, even though there were only seconds remaining at different times, you know on some of these inbounds, it felt like BC was struggling to get the ball across half court that Virginia tech was pressing so well that BC was going to struck, you know, make a stupid mistake, hit a three. And then all of a sudden it's like 30 seconds left. And it's a one possession game. That's what it felt like it was going to get to. It never did, but this was, this game was just anxiety provoking at the end. 
And it never should have been because BC dominated Virginia Tech from, you know, beginning to from like the middle of the first um, half to basically, you know, without within the last two minutes of the second. B, you know, Virginia Tech, again, this is the second straight game that B, Virginia Tech has had no answer from three point range. They hit some at the end here again, but, you know, they were trying to live by the three point shot and they just couldn't against BC's defense. Uh, the defense was great. Um, I, I particularly was impressed with Makai Ashton Langford. He had some big, big shots up there. And um, I, I just thought they were they were more physical. You saw it uh, in the second half at one point when BC was up by double digits, you know, it, it, you could tell when a team is playing at the top of their game, when the other team is missing shots and standing around and bitch uh, complaining to the refs. And that's exactly what we saw in Virginia tech. They were just complaining, complaining because BC was beating the crap out of them physically. And that, you know, was, was a, a sign that they were, they were in their heads. This, um, this is, you know, becoming a trend for the Eagles. BC owns Virginia Tech. They own the Hokies, which is crazy because you're Boston College. You're like the butt end of every joke about, you know, athletics and, you know, who's BC? They're, you know, they're garbage, blah, 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 blah. BC has beaten Virginia Tech, a team that what, were a couple years away from them when, uh, I forget when they won the ACC title. It's last year. I, I, I'm totally blanking when they won the title, but BC has beaten them five times in a row. Mike Young has beaten every single ACC coach out there right now, other than Earl Grant. Just sit on that for a second. You know, the guy that John Rothstein has that stupid, and I, I love my, my new thing on, on locked on BC on Twitter is every time BC beats a team that Rothstein has some stupid, uh, tagline for I love to just retweet it. Um, and that this one was Mike Young popping like Orville Redenbacher. <sighs> Rothstein's stuff just drives me bonkers. I, I, I he's like, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm talking about B, B, BC owning Virginia Tech, and that's exactly what they're doing. It's crazy. This isn't like BC owning Georgia Tech or, uh, you know, a team that's been struggling. Um, this is Virginia Tech. This is a team that was a bubble team. You know, they were right on the bubble until this game. Losing to BC twice is not going to help them. This is going to totally knock them out. But it raises the question. BC now has, I think it's six ACC wins. They're one game under 500. They got a game against NC State uh, coming up next. And they've got some tough schedule. They got a tough end of their season schedule. But if they can go on a run, maybe finish the season over 500 and then win a couple ACC tournament games. Are they a bubble NIT team? Is that where we're at? I mean, I don't know how deep they're going to go for the NIT and where things are going to, you know, where things are going to stack, but is this team like right on the edge of that? I mean, they're going to have to win a few big games here. You know, a big win against SC state would be huge or, or another one, but, they're like, they're a borderline 500 team. And that's all you need to do to get to, to get to postseason play. And, you know, it would be nice if they, you know, beat Maine, UNH and Tarleton State, but that's not here or there. I'm talking about where they're at right now. They're playing pretty well in the ACC for, 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 for BC. 
this is this is a good sign for BC. We're, we've been asking for progression this year, and it took until about January for us to see it. But this team is playing good. They now have two wins against Virginia Tech, two wins against Notre Dame, a win against Louisville, you know, uh, a win against Clemson. So they've got they've had you know two ranked wins. They're they're doing a lot. And I think this is exciting. And as I said, Chaz Kelly is the name I keep going back to as the guy that I'm really excited for uh, so far. And and Eligbe has had his moments, but Kelly showed something today that really impressed me. Now, what are you, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go to the comment section. Um, (laughs) I'm reading some of the things about what I said. Bruce McLaren says best game of the year. Chaz Kelly. What a game. High hopes again. Eagles, please don't let me down again. Peter Caruso says, Whoever here is going to the game versus NC State on Saturday, arrive at Connie early and boo the pack as loud as you can. Yeah, I mean, BC starting to, should be starting to earn some fans. And the students, again, should show up. And, and, the, and the alumni need to show up to support them because they're, like, right on the edge of, like, doing stuff. Get there and support this team because uh, NC State's a ranked win. I mean, oh, man, think about that. Three ranked wins potentially. Um, that big dude in the middle, though, for NC State – Quentin Post's going to have his hands full. Um, we'll talk about Peter Caruso says, well, what are our chances, odds of beating NC State on Saturday? I'll talk about that later uh, on another episode. Uh, Glenn Suber says, great win for BC. Stephen Groot says, Makai Ashton Langford and Chaz Kelly are our best defensive guards. They are very good. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were ruthless. And Padula... It took him until the second half to hit a three-point shot because they were just all over him. Um, and I know uh, that their center, what was his name, uh, Basili, had a huge game with 33 points, but y- you live with that, right? You you don't let them kill you from the three-point range. Uh, so Daniel Keller says, good win, pretty well-coached team, need an influx of talent to become a major factor again in the ACC. Working Rich said, progression, but not there just yet. Okay. And Emmanuel Cabrera says, I missed the first 15 minutes. Does Zachary not play? Uh, Zachary got hurt and he missed uh, most of the game. So uh, yeah, he did not, he played, but I don't know how bad the injury is. We'll have to wait to hear what Earl Grant said after the game. I went live instead of listening to Grant. I'll, I'll get the, I'll get to the post post conference, post press conference, my goodness, press conference later and get, uh, reactions to that up on the site. So make sure to check that. So um, it didn't look bad, Emmanuel. I know you just said, oh, wow. Uh, Zachary was on the bench uh, and he was up and cheering. So I don't know. Maybe it was just a precautionary thing, uh, but it, it didn't look like it was. It would be that bad. I mean, if it was that bad, he wouldn't have been back um, on the bench. So thank you all. Now, in a moment, let's go to football because, uh, there. you know, I love some good football news and who who better to talk about for good football news than our boy Zay Flowers, who got a new invitation that could help his NFL draft stock skyrise again. We'll get to that in just a moment. This is Locked on BC, AJ Black. And we are talking, uh, we just finished our, our discussion on the basketball game. And if you have not already listened to it, you can go back to YouTube and listen to it live over and over again. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button, though, okay? Now, Zay Flowers, my favorite topic here on Lockdown BC. I have to say, uh, you know, he he is one of the guys that I will always be most proud of as a BC alumni. 
uh, to to say that he went to our school because he is a shining example of what the school can do um, and and the character of players and skill of players that can come through the school. Now, he got more big news on Wednesday as he was invited to the NFL Combine. Zay is going to the Combine. And you better believe I am going to get into that. Every, and we'll have Mitch on here because Mitch knows all the the different drills and all that good stuff. But I cannot wait to see what Zay does at that combine to see what he does on the 40, to see what he does on the shuttles and cones and all that other good stuff. And to see if he hits his goal. What was Mitch saying? It was 15 bench presses at 225. We'll have to wait and see what he can do there. But man, the, the combine, I mean, it's, there was, it was a formality whether he was going to make it or not. I felt like he was obviously going to go. But now he's heading to the combine. This is going to give him another chance to be in front of NFL scouts. Now he had the shrine bowl. He's going to have this, he's going to have his workouts on a pro day. Zay is going to really again, again, get his name up on that first round draft list. As, as Mitch said on a, on the episode earlier this week, there are no perfect wide receivers in this draft. You know, the kid from Ohio state, the kid from TC, Quentin Johnson from TCU, uh, Jordan Addison, there is a chance that Zay can move up to being one of the first wide receivers drafted. He's going to have to have a big combine. I, I see it in him. He, he's going to do it. If he can hit that 4-3 on the on the 40-yard dash, watch out. There's teams dying to get the speed that he can provide. Um, and I think he is it, – it's going to be, you know, another opportunity where he does – exceptionally well on everything he does because we've watched him do it for four years here at BC. He's going to do it. He's going to go out there and he's going to kick butt. That's what he does. That's what Zay does. Zay does not, Zay does not disappoint. That's not what Zay can do. Don't, don't talk about this Yukon game. That's not his fault. Um, But I cannot wait to see what he does at this, at this combine and it'll be the next step. And you know, it'll be one of those episodes that we'll we'll really dive into what he did and how he kind of um, lined up against other NFL caliber wide receivers. Now, I had talked to Mitch, and Mitch has been talking to Jaden Woodby. He did not get invited to the NFL Combine, which is a bummer. That that you know, as Mitch was saying, he's a guy that's probably going to get drafted. Um, it would have been a good opportunity for him to show off. So he's going to have to wait for his pro day. He's going to have a pro. They're going to have a pro day. Um, at Boston College, and that's another chance for scouts to kind of look at him. But that kind of, I, I honestly think, from my perspective, that's going to hurt his potential um, draftability kind of thing. So, anyways, I'm heading out because I got to go right up this this win, and I'm sure you guys are all excited. It was a big win for Boston College basketball, uh, and then we have NC State coming up this weekend, and so um, we'll stay tuned. We'll be back again tomorrow. Um, Again, I, I end every episode with this. Will we find out if there's a new offensive coordinator? Who knows? We've been waiting almost a month now. We'll find out maybe tomorrow. I haven't heard anything new. I've been trying to reach out. I've gotten nowhere. Uh, but it, it's pretty heavily guarded. We'll have to wait and see. This is AJ. Follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. We'll see you again soon, folks. Take care.